right, here's the situation. It's Saturday morning, and we've got uh, a frontal system moving across the Gulf Coast. It's already beyond some of you in our listening area. Some of you have not yet got it, but finally we're going to get some rain. A lot of the people with the food plots planted have been really uh, just waiting and waiting patiently for some rain. It looks like we might get an inch or two, depending on where you are. Some areas down really low on the coast, I don't think they're going to get much rain at all, but you got to be careful of that wind. It's also uh, the opening day in the west zone of Louisiana for duck hunting for youths and honorably discharged veterans. So if they're going to be headed out, watch the weather, be careful. It's also National Bison Day, and we've been talking a little bit about bison, asking some questions. Uh, here's one. What do you call a cross between a bison and a domestic cow? What is the name of it? And have you ever tasted it? I haven't. And if somebody has, let me know about it. That's 504-260-1870. That's how you can text us. Got several texts coming in, questions, comments, reports. We're also talking about how do you clean your game birds? Do you skin them? Do you pluck them? Do you breast them? Uh, What do you do? Uh, Here's one that says, I pick all game birds. I was taught that way. And another says, uh, not only do both sexes of bison have horns, uh, the male never lose their pair. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, also, his wild turkey or her, whoever it is, they don't give me a name on this one. Uh, I do know they're from the west bank of the Pearl River, though. Their wild turkeys and their wood ducks always get plucked. The gizzards, the hearts, and the livers go in the dirty rice. Watch out. That's the west bank of the Pearl River. And I have one that says, I pick all game birds. And another says, uh, I check with my guys at QDMA. QDMA is the Quality Deer Management Association. And some 15 years ago, Dr. Johnson, a biologist at Mississippi State, wrote a paper on the calcium deposits on a white-tailed doe deer. They're rare, typically form on the crown of the cranium, but no evidence of velvet noted and never symmetrical in size. That's Joey from Pearl River. Yeah, they're rare, but there are cases of uh, doe deer having antlers. It does happen. And we got a good morning from uh, and a go Tigers from Jason the Bar. Now, Jason, you know how things have official this and official that. Jason is the official barber of Don the Outdoors guy. Uh, here's one. Yeah, beefalo. That's what they call it. Uh, when you cross a bison with a domestic cow, they call it beefalo. I've seen it in stores, but I've never had it. Uh, how does it taste? Uh, anyone uh, can maybe that's tried it. Let me know. Five zero four. Two six zero one eight seventy. All right, we're going to be talking to some of our field reporters coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Mike Gallo is going to join us. Also, if you like to paddle for your fish, we got Brendan Bayard. And boy, I tell you, kayaking uh, just keeps growing bigger and bigger. Kayaks keep getting more and more sophisticated. Uh, and I got to give it to the guy who invented the pedal kayak. Boy, what a what a, a big difference that is when you don't have to paddle around you pedal and your hands both hands are free to, to do everything you need to do and get your rod tie on your lines and uh, put your fish in the ice chest it's a really pleasant experience i had a really good trip and there'll be an episode coming up on bayou wild tv we went to uh, mississippi fish the coast for flounders and kayaks with uh, the guy we call the weave chris weaver and one of our field reporters eric mohabarak and Chris Lecoq got in a kayak and with the camera and made a really nice show of it. You'll get to see that coming up on a future episode of uh, Bayou Wild. Also, I think on uh, Thanksgiving we got a turkey hunting uh, show coming up. Uh, a friend of mine, Janice, uh, went to Texas with me, and she got her first 
Turkey, the making of a turkey hunter. So you get to see that one. We've got some good stuff coming up on the next season. This week, uh, if you like to watch goose hunting and hear some really pro- professional and award-winning calling, uh, check us out, Bayou Wild TV. Look for BayouWildTV.com. You can find a local listing. If you can't find one, hey, watch it on YouTube. It's available everywhere. All right, coming back after this, he joins us, the guy we call the uh, – Born on the Bayou, Mike Gallo. He's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And that's the introduction for one Captain Mike Gallo. His Born on the Bayou report is brought to you by CETO. You know him. Some people call him AAA on the water and for $199 for a whole year. And, yes, it does make a good early Christmas gift. You can get a membership for someone or yourself where they'll bring you unlimited fuel drops, jumpstart electrical problems, whatever it takes to get you back safely. CETO you just get that peace of mind for you and your loved one, and it's only one phone call away. You call Captain Chris. He will sign you up at 504-301-4545. Or if you like to deal online, it's simple, com. Captain Mike joins us now. Mike, I got a text, comes in, said that they had buffalo steak in Denver, Colorado. It's an extremely rich red meat, little marbling. That's James and Hammond. Have you ever eaten buffalo or beefalo, Mike? I do remember eating beefalo many years ago, but never buffalo. Um, beefalo didn't seem to me much different than um, cow. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I've never had it, but they said it's, it's, it's just a lot like beef, you know, not much difference in it. But now buffalo steak, pure buffalo, I could see where that might be a little on the tough side and extremely red. Yeah, he said very little marbling because it's a wild animal, basically. Right, yes, probably a lot less fat content in a buffalo than beef. Well, let's talk about something you know a lot more about, fishing. <laughs> What's been going on over there out of the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge? Well, Don, it's it's been the same sort of pattern, um, catching the majority of our fish in the passes where there's fair amount of current and shells or a good hard bottom. Uh, we're using a lot of live shrimp on a drop shot, get the fish going as best we can and try to filter in one or two anglers with plastics. Uh, Glow and the magneto plastic has been the best colors for me. And that's, you know, they mimic a white shrimp or even a pogey pretty well. I actually made a a couple of trips over to the Biloxi Marsh looking for redfish. And um, those were successful as well. We had falling tides earlier in the week, and that worked to our advantage. And the old faithful gold and silver spoon uh, did a good job on the redfish. Yeah, that's an effective bait that, you know, a lot of people uh, have just kind of forgotten about. But the spoon's been around a long time. You like the gold or the silvers? I actually prefer the silver, uh, but both work equally well. I like that gold because I think it gives the the, the the look of a crab. You know, moving through that grass, it's got that kind of gold look like a crab would have when the sun reflects on it. Right. I know exactly what you mean, how the underside of a crab is a little stained from the water. It's not exactly white. It's got a little goldish tint to it or tan. So I can certainly see that. Mike, when, when you clean those redfish, what do you find that they're feeding on mostly? Is it crabs or shrimp or, or finfish? 
I would say crabs for sure. Uh, the slot mm-hmm. size redfish definitely eat crabs. Um, that just seems to be, you know, they're either going to be empty or have crabs in them the majority of the time. Now, they will eat just about anything, but I definitely believe I see more crabs than finfish or shrimp. Have you found any good crab mimicking baits, soft plastics? I remember they had one. I can't remember the name. It had a name, something crab, and it had like a little worm tail on the side of it, so you could kind of rig it like you would a bass worm. There's been quite a few crab imitations over the years, and the the problem with them is the profile makes it difficult to cast. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're being plastic, they're not near as heavy as a spoon, the spoon sort of has a wide profile, but being that it's we use the half ounce or the three quarter ounce spoons, and being that they're heavy, you can kind of punch through the wind if you're trying to cast in any wind. Uh, the Matrix crawfish mimics a crab pretty well, and um, I find it to be pretty easy to cast. I usually rig my weedless. Um, matrix craws when I'm imitating a crab with a fairly heavy bullet weight. I don't think rate of fall is that important when it comes to red fishing. So I'll use three-eighths or even a half-ounce bullet weight rigged weedless on that matrix crab, and that way I can punch through any wind um, and, you know, get a good cast, long cast. Got it. Mike, I have really been enjoying the World Series. The Astros and the Phillies, they had a no-hit game. i really, really been watching it and enjoying it. World Series Trout, should we just abandon that name? It's been uh, several years since they started showing up, and historically they would be at those bridges during this time of year, doing the World Series. Uh, any word on them at all? They'll be there. Uh, I did get a report of some being caught in the evening on a falling tide. And, of course, the majority of my trips are in the mornings. So we haven't. I've been to the bridge once uh, this week, and I caught two trout that I don't know would they make 12 inches end to end. They were really small. I caught them on plastic. I had my customer fishing live shrimp, and, and he caught some beautiful freshwater catfish fishing along the south shore of the Highway 11 bridge uh, a couple days ago. Um, but they'll be there. When when we talked about it last week, our water temperatures are still warm. There's still plenty of shrimp in the lake, and I feel like those shrimp are being chased by the red by the uh, speckled trout and the redfish, and they're just not on those bridges yet. When the shrimp move out of the lake, the bridges are going to be a great place for the trout because there'll be food along the base of the bridge, fin fish and worms and things like that that those trout will eat on. When their first choice, the shrimp, leave. We might have to start calling it World Series Catfish because they got some good freshwater catfish there. But I want to remind people, Kenny Krieger, who's got the number two all-time state record speckled trout, he caught that trout at the bridges on Super Bowl Sunday. So maybe the best is yet to come. Yeah, I have faith they'll be there, John. It's just a matter of time. We get a little bit cooler water temperatures, and uh, they'll show up. Very good. Mike, uh, you're on my website. Got a beautiful picture of you. Uh, where can people see uh, some images of the lodge that you have, the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge, and also uh, check out some dates for fishing with you? 
Well, my website will have all the information you need, and that's aaofla.com. We're on social media under Angling Adventures of Louisiana. You can also reach me through the telephone, which is 985-781-7811. And still the home of no no fish, no pay, right? That's correct. Been that way for over 20 years. And it works both ways. No pay, no fish. Correct. It's been a long time (laughs) we've had to utilize it, but it works. Understand. Thank you, Mike. Hey, keep an eye out for those ducks. Give me a duck report next week. We appreciate you talking with us. Sounds good, Don. We'll talk to you then. All right. Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. Coming back next, uh, it's our Paddler's Report, Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, uh, part of the sponsor, along with Massey's. Brendan Bayard joins us to update us on where to go and how to do it to catch those fish in a paddle craft. Back next on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And if you're going stroking for your fish or pedaling for your fish, our Paddler's Report is brought to you by Massey's. Three locations, Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Covington. Look for them. You're going to find some of the best kayak fishing models like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. Look on their website. You'll see the products and also find out about demo days. Got one coming up pretty soon, a couple weeks. MasseyOutfitters.com. You can check them out on Facebook. Uh, Massey's puts on those, uh, I think it's next weekend on Bayou St. John. You can go there and uh, try before you buy. In fact, if you give them a call and there's a specific model, I believe they'll actually give you a demo if you'd like. Let's talk to Brendan Bayard. He knows all about this stuff. Hey, Brendan, how you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Don. How you doing? You staying dry wherever you are? Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta uh, do a flag football game with my youngest son today, and and the uh, organization said rain or shine, we're playing. So I think we're gonna have a, uh, you know, sloppy, uh, sloppy football game today. So you know, as I remember Should as a kid, some some of my most enjoyable football games, uh, you know, just touch pick up games was in the mud, you know. Enjoy oh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm sure they'll remember this one. <laughs> well, if you were fishing, where would you be going and why, and how would you catch them? I mean, I guess if you were down in Grand Isle or Venice, you might have a, an hour or two before the yeah. rain uh-huh. gets you. Um, the trout have been really good down in Venice right now, or uh, uh, down all 23, actually. Um, Beerus, um, uh, uh Port Sulphur, uh, Empire, those whole, all those areas with all those oysters, uh, lots of trout out there. Um, the size is kind of, you know, some days you go out there and it's a bunch of small ones, but sometimes you get into some nicer fish out there. Uh, I'm waiting for the, the water to get a little bit colder, and I think those bigger fish are going to start showing up more in mass. But uh, we've had some days where we go out and we catch, you know, maybe five, uh, fish are the 18 to 20 inch size, but the rest of them are kind of small. It's just you know hunting peck drifting around, and you 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 find a big one here, or you find a big one there, and then the rest of them are you know 12, 13 inch. But uh, better days are on the horizon with those bigger fish coming in with the colder weather. Leeville's producing really well too for the um, for the trout. Um, caught caught a few big ones there last time I was there and heard similar reports of people going out there and catching bigger fish. You know, the people that are disciplined enough to throw top water for, you know, 75% of the time are the ones that are catching those bigger fish. But if you want to just load the box, just go out there with a popping cork and a small voodoo shrimp underneath it. 
and drift around, pop it around, and you'll uh, you'll catch trout pretty much everywhere right now. Sounds like a good plan. Brendan, you know, I, I saw on social media a video of someone catching a, a, a billfish in a kayak, and it looked like it might have been, you know, kind of reworked and, and, and tuned up and tweaked and stuff like that. Is that possible? Do people do that? I've got a sailfish in my kayak, but uh, a billfish, that, there's a place called Los Buzos Resort in Panama, and uh, a lot of guys, even from up here in, in Louisiana, they'll book these uh, three-day trips, and they go down to Panama, and I think there's about a you know seven- to eight-hour uh, bus ride through the jungle on dirt roads to get to this place, and once you're there, they have these panga boats, and they put your kayaks in there, and they take you out, and all of a sudden you're, you know, in right off the continental shelf down there at Panama with uh Cabrera snapper and, 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 uh, you know, these big marlin and stuff. And, and one of the guides over there is always posting pictures of catching, you know, giant rooster fish or giant billfish out there. Uh, I think it's possible. I think you have to be in the right place. And, uh, it's just kind of one of those places if you're in a kayak or if you're in a float tube, you know, you're in the right place and you'll catch a billfish, but getting one like pulled up in the kayak, that seems a little bit, uh, of a hairy maneuver, but I guess it can be done. <laughs> It'd be exciting yeah, to and, do one day for sure. And also I see, you know, the people out there catching tuna and I'm kind of wondering about the danger of that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, some of yeah, these big I don't tuna, know if I yeah. want to fish for tuna. Yeah. Just because if you fell over that the, that pole that is pulling you down, I mean, you have to have like a dive knife ready to cut your line because I mean yeah, the right. tension. Uh, you know, whenever I've caught tuna, I mean, I get a, a, such a lower back workout. Uh, being in the kayak, you're already stressing the, your lower back so much from that seated position and not being able to stand up when you're fighting a tuna. It, you know, maybe a small like blackfin or something like that for sure. Yeah, uh, and right. people catch blackfin uh, a good bit in the winter over there in Navarre. Uh, they'll come in close, and uh, we have a lot of people that will go out there and they'll they'll target uh, uh, flounder on the bottom, the uh, kind of the breeding time of year, and they'll also catch some of those blackfin and stuff out there. But uh, it's a rare thing. Yeah, but if you if you fool them with yellowfin in a kayak, uh, the knife is so important because well, I mean, you get wrapped any kind of way on that line and. It it could be all over. That tuna's, you know, especially those big ones, they can pull you down for sure. Yeah, I think there'll always be that uh, drive to catch something bigger and badder in the <laughs> kayak. And, you know, <laughs> young people always want to outdo each other and, you know, go for the glory. So, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds for, for those kind of catches. But uh, it's interesting to see it. I, I think I've passed my prime and, and doing crazy stuff like that. But uh, – <laughs> You never know. You never know. Brendan, <laughs> yeah. always a pleasure, my friend. Y'all have a, a good sloppy football game today, and we'll catch up with you next time. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. Brendan Bayard, I'm one of our paddlers reporters, and you'll hear from Captain Eric next week. All right. We come back after this. Uh, you know what time it is. Bad boys, and I got a bad one this week. We'll tell you what he did or has been accused of, and if he, if he is convicted, what he'll pay. We'll be right back. It's the bad boys of the outdoors on the Outdoors with Tom Dubuque Radio Network. You know, now that the uh, deer seasons are opening up, more people spending more time in the woods, a holiday's not too far away. I want to remind you about that Double D uh, meat company that processes in Bogalusa, Louisiana. 
They've got their whitetail deer contest, and for every entry, when you bring in uh, an item, whether it be a hog or a deer or an exotic for processing, you are entered into a drawing to win a Browning White Gold Medallion 270 rifle with a 3x9 Leopold scope. Uh, if you got till February to enter, and uh, they'll they'll draw and present the rifle to the winner in March. So wanted to make a note of that for you. All right, we come back after this quick station identification, uh, maybe one of the baddest bad boys of the year. We got his story is next, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Well, our story begins when Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents Sergeant Alan Marbury, Corporal Luke Langley, and Senior Agent Garrett Kirkland got a tip about a convicted felon possessing a firearm while hunting. Agents investigated the complaint and made contact with Hunter, yes, that's his name, Hunter Varnado, at his home in Irwinville with a search warrant and found that our boy Hunter did not possess the required hunting licenses or tags for deer hunting, and he is indeed a convicted felon which prohibits him from being in possession of a firearm. While searching Varnado's phone, agents found evidence of Varnado harvesting a doe in August with a 30 6 rifle and a six-point buck in September with a crossbow. Boy, these phones, they can get people in trouble and provide evidence. Varnado was also found hunting with a high-powered rifle during the archery season when it was archery only. So the agent seized the rifle and a set of velvet antlers, which you can see a picture of them on my Facebook page, and they booked Varnado into the West Baton Rouge Parish Jail. This bad boy decided to resist his arrest, so if convicted on all the charges, facing criminal fines of up to $7,500, plus another $3,249 civil restitution, to replace an illegal doe and buck, bringing his grand total of $10,749 in payback and, oh, yes, up to 20 years' imprisonment for being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm is 20-year-old Hunter W. Varnado of Irwin, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. Sure hope he's got a team of good lawyers. He might need the whole staff that's highlighted on those I-10 and I-12 billboards. And uh, I think he'll qualify for the baddest of the bad. You know, the final show of the year, this year it'll be on New Year's Eve. It'll be our New Year's Eve edition. We uh, let you, the audience, pick from some nominees. We'll probably have four or five of them. The most egregious cases that we reported on for the entire year of 2022 and you get to cast your vote through our text line and vote for the baddest of the bad. And I think our, our boy Hunter, he, he could qualify as one of the baddest. But we got some other ones that might provide a little competition, too. All right, I got a couple of text messages to get in before we get to Captain Ryan. And I'll uh, say good morning. It's Deb. Hey, Deb in Indiana. It's another disappointing Saturday after having fantastic weather for an entire week of work. It's raining like nobody's business, but of course it'll stop when the farmer's market is over. So there'll be no farmer's market today. Oh, sorry to hear that, Deb. I'm sure you can find something else to do. Uh, here's a text in from, uh, let's see, uh, 0315. Me and my son are headed to the Pearl River WMA 
to try and bring home some bacon and back straps for the youth hunt. Uh, good luck to you. Hope you get it, and if you do, let us know. All right, uh, i got a crazy story about crawfish. We'll get to that a little bit later on and some more tax, too, at 504-260-1870. But right now it's break time, and when we come back, we'll hear from the plastic man. Maybe we'll call him the man of steel because uh, the youth duck season's open. We'll find out if he's got any takers down there near the Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge, where I will be headed next week to film a Bayou Wild episode. We'll tell you all about it right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And the plastic man is Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. And, Ryan, I'm looking at that radar. It's not pretty. But, you know, that lower end that's going to sweep across the boot down there by you, it doesn't look like there's much in it. Yeah, well, we, we're very fortunate. We had a group of 30 that's leaving this morning. So, they, you know, we've had 30 for about six days in a row. So, Actually, we don't have to fish this morning because they took up the whole lodge to sleep the last night, and it worked out perfect. <laughs> we got a couple of utes hunting, and, uh, you know, that that opens this morning. So it's been a good week. It's been great. What's the duck picture look like for those utes that's going to be out there? Well, it's uh, on the east side of the river, there's tons of ducks. On the west side, there's none. <laughs> I mean, there's no, veg- no habitat on the west side. So the east side is... You know, and I find that the ducks are in, in all that, that new land, the pre-emerging land from the diversions where the, the duck potatoes are, that's where the ducks are. They are eating those duck potatoes down already. I can't believe it. I mean, they're like they in there where they got pigs in there too, but they're just, just eating them down to the ground. It's incredible. You know, I thought about you. I thought about you last weekend when I was sitting in that blind in the rice field up there in Stuttgart, Arkansas. I have never seen so many pintails in one place at one time, literally thousands. There were some cases where we could not shoot at the geese because there would have been no way we would not have killed the pintails accidentally. There's been a drought up there like everywhere else in this rice field. They had evidently pumped some water in it, kept some water in there, and it was plenty of speckle-bellied geese. But the pintails were just unbelievable how many there were. And I even brought up that story when we had uh, John Besh in the blind and that big flock of pintails came in on us. But that was nothing compared to this. And there were very few, if any, other species mixed in. It was solid pintails. Gorgeous. Wow. We got tons of pintails, gadwalls, widgeons, blue and green wings, um, that's about the 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 brunt of what I've seen thus far. You know, the divers will come a little later, but but we we have plenty of ducks. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, just, oh my gosh! I mean, when they get in, uh, when they get up and, and the water just pouring off of them like rain, should be it's gonna be good because that drought. You know, we got a little rain going up in the Mississippi Valley today, but for the most part, it's pretty dry up there. So. So we ought to get a lot of ducks down this way. So it, it ought to be a great season. I'll tell you, I, I can't wait to get with it next weekend. So we'll start that. But the speckled trout are biting. The redfish are biting. You know, again, there's a little little shortage of keeper reds, you know, due to the you know, biology as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, the, you know, we, we're getting into that fall thing with the river low and, and the big trout moved in this week, you know, the nicer ones. So it ought to be great. For the, for the rest of the winter. I mean, I'm looking forward to it now. Everything. Well, we, got roses. A, we have a fly fishing for redfish for a Bayou Wild episode scheduled next week. Are uh, we going to be able to find sure. enough reds? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, I talked to Sarah uh, last night. She's, she's back home where she belongs. 
sweet Louisiana. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about where she belongs. She seems pretty oh, content up north. <laughs> no, she loves us so much down here. The food is, the food alone is enough to make her come home, I tell you. Uh, it's, it's a whole different world up there. You know, she likes it up there in the summer because it's nice and and she does a lot of things. She's a she's an outdoor person. If you ever saw one, I tell you. But we're gonna have her on, on Bayou Wild, and and hopefully we'll get a, a good day. Cause I got to fly fish Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. I'm coming home Tuesday to boat, and then I'm right back Wednesday morning. And uh, Thursday, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do Thursday. They might want to fly fish, but I think I'm gonna take them down to catch those nice trout. You know, I want to get get in in there and. and get deep and catch something like old times. You know, I can't wait to do that. So uh, I think I'll do that Thursday, and then I'll look for some redfish down there so we can do both on Friday if you want. Mm-hmm. We'll make sounds it a good. fly fishing and big trout show. Yeah, that sounds real good. All right, so uh, all right, keep an eye out for the, the ducks down there. I know you guys are chomping at the bit. You got all your boats, everything's ready, all the gear's ready to go. Decoys everything's ready, ready. decoys. Uh, I got some new guides. Uh, Kenley's puppies are, will be ready this week to take away. And I don't know if I'll hunt her or her sister next week, but she'll be ready the week after. Now, tell me about your your duck plucker. We've been talking about cleaning birds, and I mentioned that you've got that automatic duck plucker there. What's the model you have, and how does it work? The model I have is the duck plucker sucker. Duck (laughs) plucker sucker. (laughs) Yeah, my my brother-in-law made it, and it's it's got the duck plucker on top, and it's got a fan motor on top, and it sucks the feathers down through a, a, a crawfish sack, and it puts the feathers in a sack. Hmm. And uh, he made it. it. It works. I'm telling you what, you can pluck a duck in a in a matter of seconds. It don't even take a minute. You know, you just put it up there and turn it a few times, and it's done. And we just put some new fingers on old duck plucker sucker, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna clean it up this week, get it ready, and and we'll be plucking them. And I got a new chef at the lodge, so he'll be taking all that those if they if they breast the ducks, which I hate to do. We'll take yeah, the rest of it yeah. and make a big duck confit and do some pate and just some really good things at the lodge. So I can't I can't wait to to get this fall rocking next week. Well maybe when we come down uh during the season we'll we'll get some video of that uh that duck plucker, that homemade duck plucker. I wanna see that. Have you had any experience with some of the commercial ones that they sell? I think you yeah, had some yeah, of those. Yeah, I, I had the duck naked. Uh the duck yeah. naked one I had. Uh it, it worked well. It, it's you know when you're doing those pintails, the fat. If you don't have one that takes it down, the fat just gets thrown everywhere. You'll be full of that duck fat. But um, <laughs> and then I had another one that just had the, the ones on the top, but it just put feathers everywhere. I think if you can get something to to capture some of the feathers, you're a lot better off. Now, brother-in-law is going to reinvent this thing to where the 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 fingers will be pulling down and pushing them down into the sack as well because right now it goes up so you're going to turn around to where it sucks them down so that's even going to take more feathers out so he's always got something thinking on it so I think it's going to be even better but it's uh, pretty dang good yeah well you know um, 
We we went up to Stuttgart. Somebody had cleaned some geese in the parking lot of the motel. Oh no! And there were feathers. Yeah, there were feathers everywhere. Oh no! And you walk through them, they stick to you, and they got in the room. You know, it's it it a mess. Oh Those no! Feathers can be some. Had one guy this morning. Tech said he he puts them in a washing machine. He puts rubber tubes into the all the holes in the wash. He puts it in a spin cycle. And, and plucks yeah, all the well, that, well, that's what the, the commercial chicken pluckers look like. They look like a washing machine with all the fingers, and they just throw them in there and, and just tumble them around, and it does it. You know, the, the commercial yeah. machines work really well like yeah. that. Well, it but, makes uh, so much difference to cook a duck with the skin on it whole, you know, or even oh, other gosh, game birds, yes. too, you know. You know, I like yeah. the whole duck roasted down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's nothing better. So, not, not All right, Captain this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you uh, Friday. We'll be down there with Sarah and uh, filming our Bayou Wild TV episode. And uh, in the meantime, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and try to squeeze in a trip, I know you booked, but maybe they can find a yeah. date. Tell them how to get you. Uh, CajunFishingAdventures.com. Oh, just just call me at 504-559-5111 and, and you know, I've got maybe a couple of blinds left for this year, but for the most part, we are booked up because a lot of time in April, we come I in mean, in January, we can't hunt because of negative tides. If it's more than a negative three or point four, I won't even try to hunt because you can't get to the blinds. Right, right. All right, Captain Ryan, see you next time, my friend. Take care. All right, buddy. See you soon. All right, we come back after this. Going to get back to some of your text messages and uh, time to put a bow on it. We'll wrap it up. The edition of The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, and uh, just got a text message in from the Plastic Man. It's a picture of uh, a Donnie Sampson's son. He's out there for the youth hunt with a, a nice-looking chocolate head pintail drake he got this morning and a smile on his face. Boy, I love to see that. Uh, we also got a picture in from Cap Merrick Mohabarak, his friend uh, Rafe. Vargas got a record-breaking 170-pound dog-toothed tuna, caught it in a Pro Angler 14 kayak with no mothership, caught it in Guam. Ooh, that's a that's a tough act to follow there. All right, uh, we can't take pictures. I, I get those on my personal text, but I, I, or you can email them to me. Go to DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com and hit the contact button, and you can attach photos. But this text line that comes to the studio is strictly for text and no photos. And let me get to some of them before we wrap up here. This one says, look up a Milwaukee Sentinel article about Louisiana Crawfish Company fined $34,000 for shipping crawfish to Wisconsin. Violation of the invasive species law. The report mentioned a crawfish was found in a yard reported by a passerby as acting aggressively. Aggressive crawfish, the end is near. <laughs> Got to agree with you. You can send me a link to that. I'd like to see that. We'll fix them. We won't give them any more crawfish if they if they think it's an invasive species. Can you imagine that, sending up live crawfish to have a ball and getting a $34,000 fine? Unbelievable. Uh, backstrap stacker checking in. They were planning on taking the nine-year-old little lady to the Mississippi property for the youth deer hunt, but that big rain uh, looks to be coming in. Y'all stay safe. Yeah, a lot of rain's on the way. And here's one says, I guess since it's my question, I had better say something. Ducks pluck and wax doves. If not by a guide service, I don't fool with them. Not enough meat for the effort. Found out the hard way. Here's an interesting question from James. Should breasting of game birds be considered wanton waste? You know, if you uh, leave a, a game and you don't take it but you kill it, 
you could be cited for wanton waste, but for parts of it to be wanton waste, a uh, fine line there. But very interesting, James. Here's one says, Don, check out the story of the Rhode Island fisherman that pulled up a World War II MK6 depth charge in his net, weighed 500 pounds, and contained 257 pounds of explosive. This is not a drill. Great read. Thanks. And here's one said, pot roasted duck with red beans and rice. Damn, I was dreaming. Wake up. Ah, that sounds good. Uh, good old pot roasted duck is hard to beat on a cold morning. Yeah, we're getting close to that gumbo weather. Not quite here yet. All right, thank you for all the text messages that come in at 504-260-1870. Well, we got some things to take care of. I'm going to be doing a couple of Bayou Wild shoots uh, on updating on the uh, the turtle farm. Uh, you may have seen that uh, that shot from Ben, who who does the raising of the snapping turtles and releasing them. We're going to go back. He's got a big improvement to his place. We'll do an episode on that. And then we're going to join uh, Ryan Lambert, Captain Ryan, the Plastic Man, and Sarah Giles, and we're going to go out in search of redfish armed with a fly rod. You'll see the uh, episode of that coming up, too. It's Bayou Wild TV, by the way. Go to BayouWildTV.com. And find a local station near you, or if you can't, well, you can always watch it right there. We archive all of our shows at Bayou Wild TV's YouTube channel. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me. Have a great rainy football fishing hunting weekend, and I'll see you again next week with another edition of The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network.